This is Hockey Talk with Ryan Drury, live on 91.3 FM Blue Water Radio. Hey everybody, welcome to Hockey Talk here, November 2nd. It is the start of Remembrance Day season. Everybody make sure you have your poppies on. Ryan Drury, Scott Bridge, and Andy Clark in studio here. And again, we've got a very special guest. We're very pleased to be joined by Listwell Native and the creator of Letter Kenny. It's Mr. Jared Kiso. Jared, how are you? Good, good, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate you taking time. We know you're super busy doing all kinds of filming uh, of the second season of Letterkenny, amongst other things. You're also on a, a really popular show about police officers called 192, And, of course, you also got to portray a Canadian icon, Don Cherry, in the Don Cherry story and The Wrath of Grapes. Uh, I guess let's start there, Jared. I know you're a huge hockey fan and grew up watching Don Cherry like the rest of us. I mean, what was it like to kind of be approached with taking on this kind of huge role of portraying a really a larger-than-life character? Well, it's a scary thing, you know. Um, there's no really, um, there's no bigger personality than Don Cherry's, you know, like getting to that, uh, um, you know, get, finding his level, getting up there is, is, is tough enough. But, I mean, he's, he's a Canadian icon. Him and Ron are a Canadian institution. And um, it's a pressure cooker situation, you know. A lot of people will... Will tee off on uh, on Don uh, uh, very easily. He's, uh, he's got as, as many haters, I guess, as, as he has fans. Um, I guess the advantage that I had was was that uh, I'm a lifelong fan. I, I grew up watching the, the Rock and Sockums, and uh, and I still agree with most of the things uh, that he says today about the game. So uh, a huge honor, uh, an opportunity, a uh, uh, big opportunity for me, and, and one I didn't want to waste. You know. Now, Jared, uh, we were getting ready for uh, for this episode coming on, uh, just gathering some information about yourself. Uh, one thing I came across is that uh, Don Cherry and then Tim, his son, had all the edition tapes lined out, and Don watched them all one by one and came across yours. Um, now, for having Don watching it, I mean, obviously, it's it's got to feel good, and then to get the job is, is bigger than uh, anything that you ever had uh, before that. Um, so what did that feel like? And also, if you could touch on uh, some of the suits that you still have. <laughs> I didn't uh, I didn't keep too many of the suits, actually. Uh, as I recall, Don wanted uh, uh, the Mosh and Doff for charity, so that was something that, I could, uh, that, that I'd happily get on board with. But uh, the audition process, the way it went down, is uh, I figured that Don would be watching the tapes. You know, if, if, if I was having a, a movie or a miniseries made about my life, I know that I'd certainly be watching them, so... I, uh, I hoped he'd be watching the audition tapes, and I figured he would. So I wanted to make sure I was uh, uh, I, I was a hockey player before I was an actor in, in those auditions, and I think I got that across. You know, I um, I played it with a chip on my shoulder, and and uh, I I just uh, I tried to be a human being, um, do as little acting in there as possible, which is always the goal. You know, you you you, you don't want to be putting on too much of a show. You don't want to be trying too hard. So. Um, but I knew how important an audition it was, and, and um, you know, I was, I was actually at uh, in uh, Chicago at Wrigley the weekend before with my pals watching a game when <laughs> when uh, when I got the call for that. So I was able to to break it down with my pals from Listowel uh, over the weekend while I prepared for it. Andy, yeah, uh, do you have anything hockey related in the works? Um, well, you know, Letterkenny is. Uh, um, Hockey fusion, I guess some some version of it. Whatever those guys are, uh, uh, Dylan Playfair and Andrew Hur, who play uh, Riley and Jonesy, um, 
you know, uh, we, we, we show uh, some version of hockey uh, on, on our show, but, uh, yeah, we, we poke fun at it uh, most of the time. I think that there's a lot of people in, uh, in Canadian television uh, trying to get hockey stories made, and, and uh, it's always been a really tough thing to do in Canada. So, um, you know, our angle, I think, is, is a little more accessible, having fun with it. Uh, as far as uh, getting a hockey drama made, sure, I'd, I'd love to do something like that. But I know that it's really tough in, in Canada for one reason or another. So, um, yeah, I'll stick with Letterkenny for now. Sure. And, and I got to say, as a follow-up to that, uh, with that, that tandem, when I, when I first saw the first episode where they you know pull up to the produce stand and they have the tracker and they have the flow and the sunglasses, like I, I, you're a bit younger than I am, but it took me right back to uh, Digger and Hague's that I grew up with, and, and Hags actually played net for the Listwell Cyclones for a while, but I was like, oh my god, he just absolutely captured that perfectly. Like, it was, I flashed back to 1991, yeah. What was Hags' full last name? Uh, it was Sean Hagen was who I was uh, thinking of. Oh, yeah, well, I would have gone in, uh, uh, when we were watching Junior B games when I was really young, I would have gone in, and uh, my brother and I would sit beside him if he was backing up, the goalie would sit in the stands, and we'd go... You know those guys were our heroes in uh, in in Listowel, so I, uh, I I recognize that name. Oh, you recognize the name there? Yeah, he actually got majorly into bodybuilding, so yeah, very right? very muscle bound after that. Yeah, big fella. Cool. Yeah, that that's pretty funny. I mean, it's a small world, right? And, and Jared, obviously, you know, being from Listowel, uh, Letterkenny. I mean, as we dig into that a little bit. Uh, it's got to be one of the funniest shows I've seen in a really long time. I think a big reason why is kind of like, you know, what you were touching on with, you know, telling, you know, a more local side of, of Canadian hockey and growing up in small town, uh, Farmville, wherever, in, in Ontario especially. And I grew up in Arthur, which is only 20 minutes away from Listowel. And, I mean, I watched the show and, and you know, similar to Andy, had the reaction of, oh, my God, it's it's like I'm looking at a, a televised version of my hometown town it's incredible and and those two guys in particular uh dylan play for dylan playfair pardon me and andrew her i mean the hockey player side of it i mean you have so much experience with that what was it like working with those two guys and, and how did you find those two guys to just perfectly encapsulate that kind of goofy hockey player well uh uh i'll I'll uh, I'll start by saying we hated Arthur Man so much. We hated going in. There. We hated uh, you too, bud. You guys, you guys were a smaller center. Than yes, you weren't supposed to be as good as us, but you guys always had the biggest dudes that would just run us over. So many tough, tough kids in Arthur. Like you'll you'll know the Roonies, eh? You'll know uh, absolutely. And uh, uh, the Jansons is that the yep the Jansons uh, as uh, well. Family, yep, yep, yep. Big big uh, hockey family there, but. Uh, uh, the Lockings, too. Those guys. Uh, yes. Holy smokes. Tough, tough, tough kids. Um, but anyhow, as far as uh, as far as Letterkenny goes, I, I didn't really have to look far for any of the cast there because they were all sitting in my beer league, uh, my beer league <laughs> hockey dressing room. Um, uh, uh, Hersey and Playfair are, were on that team, and uh, um, Tyler Johnson, who plays... Uh, uh, Stewart and also played young Don Cherry. Yes. Uh, Nathan Dales is on that team, and uh, so was uh, Jamie Lapointe, who played uh, the infamous Ginger in in uh, season one. Um, <laughs> nice. So all those boys were were at arm's length, and and we were all coming up as actors and stuff. And so I had this idea, and I had Dalesy on board already for the first three episodes, and then we decided that we wanted to break the format of. You know, just saying uh, the problems directly to camera. We wanted to get into some sketch, uh, 
some sketch scenarios. So we needed these two young hockey players. And at the time, uh, Playfair and Hersey were, were just a year removed from their, from their junior hockey playing days. And, and, um, you know, and, and very capable actors at, at the time uh, as well. I didn't know how good they would be until we got them to set. And, you know, I, I never intended to, for, for them to be, um, you know, that, that goofy, but it was just so funny and works so well, and the audience loves it so much. So, of course, we're going to run with it, and, and they just get better and better every season. And yeah, it's a, a wild thing to, to think back that, you know, there were six of us playing on a beer league hockey team, and, and, uh, and we got a show out of it. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, no doubt. I, I mean, they're, they're two of my favorite characters on the show. And if I'm not mistaken, you also sit in on a lot of those hockey scenes as uh, their teammate Shorzy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yeah, that's so funny. That in particular, the, the scene where the three of you are in the shower and, and you're upside <laughs> down washing your rear end, that, that had me laughing so hard. That's exactly what I remember about playing hockey with the guys growing up, Scott. Yeah, yeah Jared, um, was just uh, looking over um, the history there of Letterkenny, and you have Patrick O'Sullivan in there as one of the producers as well. Do you? Uh, yeah, but not that Patrick O'Sullivan. Okay, oh, no, okay. I was just gonna say I, I was I had to ask you because I just was not sure. No, uh, yeah, it's a, a different Patrick O'Sullivan, but uh, my brother played with with that Patrick O'Sullivan in Strathroy actually. Uh, uh, they played together before uh, O'Sullivan went. Uh, I think he went first overall mm. to the O. Yeah. Pat- Patrick was only about fourteen when he played for Strathroy, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a young gun. Yeah, his but, dad uh, was dragging him around to different junior B centers, and and yeah, he was very young with with the Strathroy Rockets. Yeah, yeah, real young gun. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Andy, what else do you have here for Mr. Letterkenny? Well, uh, Hockey Talk actually just started airing in the Sudbury uh, area a few episodes That's back right. there. And I believe Letterkenny uh, filmed is filmed up there. Yeah. So uh, what can yep. you tell us about the Sudbury area? Well, the chicken wing game is super tight in Sudbury. They've got the <laughs> things, uh, you know, we, we, uh, we make... We uh, we do quite a bit of uh, of exploring around uh, the bar scene at the cast in Sudbury, um, and just from bar to bar, you wouldn't believe how consistently tight the chicken wing game is. It's it's just incredible. So we eat a lot of wings up there. Uh, we spend a lot of time in the bars playing pool and and hanging out. We've made a lot of pals in, in the community and cast a lot of local actors in the show. So uh, it's it's a great spot for us, and and we're all pumped to get back there again uh, in February and shoot six more. That's awesome because uh, I've got a little story. I had three buddies that went up to uh, the Sudbury area to uh, ice fish last winter, and uh, they oh, yeah. went they went to a restaurant. And they all sat down, and obviously they uh, they ordered a uh, a drink off the menu that required some ID. And when the waitress looked at all three of them and saw that they were all from Listowel, she said, "Oh well, well welcome to Sudbury. So what uh, what part of Letterkenny are you guys involved with?" So obviously she knew she knew right away, and and it got the guys laughing. And obviously they they couldn't play it anymore. They had to say, "No, we're not involved." That we wish we were, but uh, they said being in Sudbury, they've never been recognized up there before for anything. So they really did get a chuckle out of that one. Well, if I were to hazard a guess, that would have been Wacky Wings. Is is the bar that uh, <laughs> that that would have been at? It would have been Wacky Wings or the Doghouse, and those are the two places to start, or uh, Dog Pound, rather, and those are the two places to start if you're, if you're going for wings in Sudbury. 
That's we will, awesome. We will make note of that. I, I'm going to go up there late in December to visit some family, and uh, yeah, I'll definitely make a stop at the Dog Pound for sure. Uh, oh yeah. Digging into Sudbury, and I mean the sets that you guys are filming on, uh, they're they're so perfect. I mean. I know that you've kind of loosely based the show a little bit on growing up in Listowel and what that was like. I mean, where where did the inspiration for uh, Modine's come in, the the local watering hole where you guys uh, dig into the Gus and Brew? Well, you know, Modine's was uh, was the bar in uh, in Listowel when we were coming up. Uh, you know, when we had turned drinking age, uh, Modine's was was the legendary local watering hole, and they had a big dance floor in there and. Uh, super cheap drinks and and it, it was just a blast. We love that place. It's legendary status uh, among everybody in Listowel. So, you know, if I got the opportunity to uh, to to to, uh, to call the shots to make my own show, I I definitely wanted to 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 pay uh, if I can pronounce this properly homage. That's yes. what I'm going to go with anyway. Uh, to Modine, so we got in touch with uh, the past owner of Modine's in Listowel and asked him if he'd sign off on us using it, and he gave us the green light. So now uh, that now that's uh, that's the bar in Letterkenny. So it does come from an actual place in Listowel where everybody's had a, uh, a good time in that area. Absolutely, and it, it's one of the funniest you know settings in the show. There's so many great scenes in there. Uh, the two hockey players when they're talking to the rookie there about going to the big city and everything and and of course the bartender Gail uh, who maybe inspired that character because Gail and the interaction that that Wayne has with Gail on a consistent basis is is one of the funnier (laughs) character to character interactions in the show yeah, there was uh, there was really no inspiration for Gail. Where that came from is uh, uh, the other writer and I, Jacob Tierney. We just had so many crass, filthy, embarrassing things to say that we had a conscience uh, um, about them coming out of the mouths of, of males. And so we thought that it would be funny if we drew up a female character who just said the most terrible things that came out of everybody's anybody's mouth on the show. And that's a tall order to be to be the most foul mouth character on Letterkenny, but. We save all the biggest zingers for her, all the, the worst, most perverted, disgusting things for, for Gail. Uh, so, so, so she is, she is those honors. <laughs> now, obviously, Jared, the guys did bring up the fact that maybe you might do a, a hockey movie, but uh, since there is Letter Kenny going right now, have you ever considered bringing or have reached out to any NHL stars to come on the show at all? Um, we haven't reached out, but uh, oddly enough, that they have. We've had uh, we've had interest from uh, a handful actually. And uh, when we go back for our uh, second six in uh, in uh, in the summertime, so we got six coming up in February to shoot, and then six in the summertime. But you'll see a couple familiar faces from the NHL uh, in that season. That's fantastic. I, I don't know why. I, I feel like Brad Marchand would be a guy that would fit right into the Letterkenny <laughs> script. I, I don't know what it is about him. Just I feel like he'd fit right in there, maybe maybe playing for the Tackville Tornadoes. <laughs> well, I'm I'm a big Marchie fan, so if you want it on board, the door's wide open. Absolutely. Uh, Andy, what else do you have for Jared Well, uh, yeah, and take us back here through the creative process because you're, you're obviously a writer also. So the running bit about the all-dressed, uh, you know, was there actually any, you know, creative debate about, you know, do we go ketchup chips because they're also Canadian or like, uh, or was there consensus all around that all dressed? Oh, yeah, it's all all dressed or how did that that discussion go? 
Well, that was just the first thing that, uh, that, that came to mind when I was thinking of taking a shot at, at Buffalo and what they might not have down there that, that we have up here. And all dress chips came to mind. But um, a, lot of, uh, um, a lot of the formula behind, uh, behind uh, our, our lines on Letterkenny is just how it sounds coming out of your mouth if it's got a nice ring to it. Like the word, uh, like the name Letterkenny, for instance, you know, uh, all the towns in around Listowel are, are named after towns or cities in Ireland. And so when choosing a name, I wanted to choose something that existed in Ireland but didn't uh, exist in uh, Ontario. And I chose Letterkenny just because it sounds so good. It's just got such a nice ring to it. You'd say that word all day. So, um, you know, we look for contagious dialogue. We look for quotables and I, I didn't really expect all dressed chips to take on a life of its own, but here we are. It, it resonates. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> you guys got to get some sort of endorsement deal going or something because the, the all dressed chips gag is one of my favorites. Uh, well, you know, I've, I've, I've got the opportunity to say it, so I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say it if we're talking about all, chip, all dressed chips. I noticed that they've, I've noticed that they've got them for sale in... Uh, the states now and people will take pictures of letter Kenny fans from south of the border will take pictures of them and uh, uh, they'll send them up to us they put this stamp on them that I'm sure wasn't there before letter before letter Kenny that says number one flavor in Canada I you love know, I'm that. not I'm not <laughs> I'm not saying that that letter Kenny was was behind that movement was behind that you know sales angle it's the number one flavor in uh, in Canada but thereafter letter candy I think they might have be they might be running with a little bit of uh, a little bit of the success of the the viral videos there but I don't know maybe one day I'll get an opportunity to ask someone there and, and they can tell me straight up absolutely I, I think you guys had some influence in there it's it's definitely my favorite flavor of chip my whole life uh, Jared I want to ask you a little bit about and we mentioned him earlier uh, Tyler Johnston the actor who plays Stuart and of course in the Don Cherry movie he played young Don uh, when he was you know working on the railroad tracks and everything like that and, and playing for the Bruins uh, you know Talk about your, your relationship with him. You've obviously done a couple of projects with him, uh, most notably Letterkenny now. I mean, he plays a character on the show who, you know, you've got this cool divide in Letterkenny. You know, you got, you know, your farmer, you know, your hicks, the hockey players, and then, and then as you kind of put it, the, the skids, the, the kids that are kind of, you know, on the fringes of society. And he plays, you know, the local uh, wannabe DJ slash drug dealer. Uh, how did that character come about? Um, well, you know, it's, it's true to form and growing up in Listowel and growing up in any small town and around uh, in, in, in Canada or the U.S., I guess. You know, I think uh, the Hicks kids hockey players uh, uh, set up really rings true with everybody. Um, you know, I got the idea for those characters from, from my high school, from Listowel District Secondary School, the Hicks, the Skids, and the hockey players, you know. So that, that's where it came from. But, it's you know, it's by no means based on... Uh, based on uh, Listowel, you know, it's just a portrait of small town life. We take the general idea and we just embellish the hell out of it. You know, we exaggerate and we have fun with it. So, you know, writing, uh, writing uh, Stuart, writing TJ's part was, was a ton of fun because, you know, the skids in our high school, they were always in the scraps. They, you know, between the Hicks, the skids and the hockey players, I'd say, the Hicks fight the most, the Skids fight the second most, and, and the hockey players and the jocks really don't fight at school that much. They do it on the ice. So 
uh, the hicks were particularly explosive in, or the, the skids particularly explosive in, in our high school. They were always getting scraps, and you had to admire them for that because 95% of the time they're a lot smaller than the hicks. Um, so TJ was the perfect choice for that because even though he didn't grow up in that world, I knew that he had that spark. You know, he's, he's got that edge. He's a lacrosse player and a hockey player. And um, the, the I, I guess the biggest uh, advantage to that was TJ is one of the one of the best and, and most committed uh, actors I know. You know, that guy comes to set every day prepared with decisions to bounce by me. You know, he sees my words on the page and he'll take them in a totally different direction a lot of the time and I'm always impressed so um, you know working with him and being one of my best pals is is just a treat yeah absolutely he's hilarious Scott now Jared you did mention at the beginning when we were talking about uh, Listowel's backup goalie and that that uh, you grew up really um, idolizing the Listable Cyclones. Now, you had a chance to play for the Listable Cyclones uh, at the Junior B level, and obviously uh, the Strathroy Rockets, and uh, then ended off with the King Card and Bulldogs. What was it like, well, it's a two-part question, I guess, what was it like playing for the Cyclones? And then uh, I just saw a different uh, interview with you uh, yesterday about how you fought more in King Carden because you thought the game was just you know, kind of getting boring. You've just, you've seen, you've felt like you've seen it all, heard it all, and then you uh, scrapped a little bit more in King Carden. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, playing Junior B in Listowel is a really big deal for, for a kid growing up in Listowel because you grow up um, every night, you're down at Listowel Memorial Arena every Friday night watching the games. You idolize those guys. So, you know, you're working your way to, you're working your way up to, to hopefully become one of those guys one day. And my brother and I were lucky enough to, and, um, you know, getting to play in front of the hometown crowd. You know, I, I didn't get, uh, I didn't play uh, uh, too too much. I wasn't one of the better players on the team. Um, it's 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 just an honor. You know, it's something that you've worked towards your whole life. So, you know, and then I, uh, both my brother and I went off to uh, to, to Strathroy. We wanted to hit the road for a while, and then my senior year, uh, I came back to go to high school in Listowel and and wanted to uh, to take it a little bit easy and and maybe play junior C, but. That's where I had the most fun. Uh, was out in King Carden. We had a we had a great team. Um, we had a big team, a tough team, and um, we probably only had a handful of losses all season. So I'd say that's uh, that that's where I had the most fun was was in King Carden, Ontario. Those guys are those guys uh, have a great organization, and and you have a lot of fun. Yeah, they had a great run last year, winning uh, the final Western Junior C Championship. Obviously, they're now the Pollock Division of the PJHL. Jared, I got to ask you, I mean, Bridgie and I do an awful lot of work on Listowel Cyclones live radio broadcasts. Uh, are you following the team because it's a good time to be doing so? I mean, they're running roughshod over the Junior B circuit, uh, and there's a couple of local kids from Listowel, goaltender Brock Beyer and, of course, Mitch Dielstra, who are, are kind of, you know, along the same path you were. They're playing for the hometown Cyclones, and, and I mean, the cyclones are just running away with the league right now well you can't forget uh you can't forget uh, captain blake nickel there that's yes right. That's, that's right yeah the 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 nickels are are uh, pretty much family to the Kisos, so i keep an eye on uh, on how the cyclones are doing and i mean jordan Buren's, uh, uh who i grew up with uh, in listowel and played with in listowel um you know we 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 can't believe how well they're doing you know they i think they won their their first eight games or something like that and, first nine and eight. yeah nine and and we didn't win nine games all all season when we played so <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a different look but a great look for the boys and and uh 
I love them uh, uh, seeing. Uh, I love seeing seeing them do so well under under Blake and uh, uh, the other co-captain, which which I believe is Warren, isn't it? It's Caleb Warren. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, gotta gotta love that. Yeah, absolutely. They're doing fantastic. Uh, we'll take our first quick commercial break here. Jared, are you good to hang around after a quick commercial? Sure thing. Absolutely. We'll take a quick, maybe minute-long commercial break here on Hockey Talk. When we come back, more from the creative mind behind Letter Kenny and the guy who played Don Cherry with Jared Kiso here on Hockey Talk. Stay tuned, folks. A familiar sound of summer. It's also a warning for kids to stay away. Every year, the War Amps enrolls children who are amputees due to lawnmower accidents, like Rome. He fell off a riding lawnmower, and the blades severed his leg. Hey, I'm Rome. I'm a safety ambassador, and I have a message for all kids. Don't let it happen to you. Spot the danger before you play. Don, winter is right around the corner. Ford has come up with some great offers to deal with it. For the first time, you can get a set of winter tires, rims, and sensors at no extra charge on most 2016 and 17 F-150s. Or you can choose to take $1,500 in Ford accessories. And to top it off, get 0% financing up to 84 months on most 16 F-150s as well. Wow, now if my Maple Leafs would go out and win the cup, my life would be complete. Good luck with that. The undisputed champion of trucks brings you undisputed value. Check special offers on the Ford F-Series lineup at less. Motors Ford. BWR Blue Water Radio. Check us out online at bluewaterradio.ca. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to this week's episode of Hockey Talk. Ryan Drury, Scott Bridge, Andy Clark in the studio here alongside producer Betty. And uh, we are still on the line with Jared Kiso, the man behind Letter Kenny, the funniest show on television right now. And, of course, he also got to portray Don Cherry in the Don Cherry story. Jared, I feel like we haven't really touched on uh, another great television show that you're on at 19-2, which is about uh, a police force in Montreal. Uh, how involved are you outside of obviously being the star of that show? How involved are you in the writing process and, and the production of 19-2? Uh, not involved in uh, the writing process or the production side at all. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm glad I'm not involved in, in the writing side because that's tough. You know, writing a 30-minute uh, episodic comedy is, is, is a cakewalk compared to writing uh, that continuous story and, and the developing storylines. You know, uh, our writer, uh, our showrunner, Bruce Smith, he, he just does something there that I simply could not do. So, so uh, I'm out of the pressure situation there and, and happy to just be acting on that show. Yeah, it's a great show. If you, if you haven't seen it, if you like Letter Kenny, I mean, it's obviously a very different show. But Jared's fantastic on it. It's a great show. Scott, now, the one thing that you said, Jared, uh, in the, I believe it was an article in the Toronto Star back in the uh, summertime, is that you said there was going to be some big twists and turns uh, coming this year. At, um, and, and the show's just, it's been awesome following it from week to week. Um, I know you can't give us any details of the twists and turns, but is it really going to keep uh, keep the audience on the edge of their seat? Well, yeah, you know, I couldn't really believe the scripts when I got them for uh, for season four, which is our final season, because um, there's there's a ton of action. There's more action than we've seen in in uh, three seasons combined. Uh, in in the first four episodes alone of season four, I'd say. Uh, so there's a lot coming there, and, and we're definitely going out with a bang. That's awesome. Yeah, good to hear. Uh, so, Jared, here's my next question for you: Is uh, hockey movies? Uh, our, our cast here, or sorry, our crew here has kind of a cult around a particular movie. So I want to get your input. Greatest hockey movie of all time, beyond the Don Cherry story. What's, what's the well, top of your list? 
uh, slap shot. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's, that, that's what it is, far and away. I mean, nothing touches slap shot. Absolutely. Slapshot's great. Uh, what's your opinion on Goon, uh, the Jay Bearshell movie, which I believe number two is coming out next summer? What, what was your opinion on Goon? I, I personally loved it. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I put, uh, I put uh, Slapshot in, in a class of its own, you know, so we'll keep that, that, that one over there. Yes. Slapshot's got yeah. immortal status with, with Slapshot being in the immortal status zone. Goon is the best hockey movie that's ever been made. Uh, and uh, part two is coming out, uh, and there's uh, there's a couple dudes from Letterkenny in that. Dalesy's in that, and uh, Hersey's in that. Awesome. And they saw an advanced screening uh, uh, a few weeks ago uh, at, uh, uh, yeah, I guess it was at a TIFF event, and they said it's it's just amazing. And I think Jay announced uh, uh, the release date today, actually. It's March 18th. It's some, something like that. It's coming out uh, across, the, across Canada in theaters, so... I'll be in. Uh, I'll be in one of those seats. That's for sure. Yeah. What, what, what's your What's your views on Youngblood? Uh, well, you know, there's a real novelty factor there. There's 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 a charm to it. You know, like it's uh, it, it's pretty crazy. They got uh, Rob Lowe and Swayze to, <laughs> to 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 be in a hockey movie. You know, I think uh, I think those guys had had to learn the game from the ground up. So. I mean, there's there's parts of it that are that are you know pretty uh, pretty absurd, and and other parts of it that are that are bang on, and, and stuff that uh, happened in that period of time that doesn't really happen, uh, you know, modern day hockey and junior hockey. But I thought that a lot of it rang true, and and I liked it. Yeah, Youngblood's one of my favorites as well. I mean, I, I don't know that anybody these days is having tea with Miss McGill, yeah. if you know what I mean. But uh, or, or the other thing is, in that movie, they had open tryouts right before the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, oh, yeah, open tryouts, and yeah, let's get this American kid who's scrawnier than everybody. Yeah, no, it, yeah. it was it was different. Uh, Jared, I mean, you know, outside of Letterkenny and, of course, you know, the success of 19-2, you've been in quite a few movies as well. If I'm not mistaken, you were in the recent Godzilla movie, were you not? Yeah, I was, I was there for a little while. Yeah, you played a soldier when uh, he was kind of attacking the city. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that because my girlfriend, who's not a, a huge hockey fan, but she likes it. She loves Letterkenny, though. We watched the movie the other day, and she goes, Don Cherry, the guy, the Don Cherry guy's in Godzilla. I came running, and I was like, oh, my God, there's Jared in Godzilla. It was kind of a funny moment. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's a wild thing, you know, because um, I guess at that time in Vancouver, I, I had done Elysium right before that. And Godzilla came next, and when I did Elysium, you know, it's 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 a big deal for a young actor. You know, you get something like that. This is a big budget Hollywood movie. It's it's going to be a huge deal in theaters everywhere. Um, but you know, you're taking on a role that's just a drop in the bucket. You know, it's 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 basically an extra role. You're you're you walk around with a gun just like everybody else, but you might get to say something the odd time might get to. Um, so you know, it's. It's 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 not a lot of it, it's not a lot of fun <laughs> to, to do stuff like that. There's right. a lot of weight around. You know, you're kind of herded around like cattle. Um, and then, so when Godzilla came around, I was hesitant to to do it. You know, it's not uh, it's not really the direction that I wanted my career to be going in. I I wanted to be doing leads, and and those opportunities were there for me. But it was a good lesson for me because uh, uh, you can't judge a book by its cover. They're not all going to be the same. There's always different people involved in 
Uh, Godzilla ended up just being so much fun, a great group of people. Uh, I got to go to Hawaii for that to work for a little while, um, and I was really happy with how it all turned out. It was actually one of one of my most uh, uh, horrifying onset experiences when uh, we had to do a reshoot. And when uh, they say reshoot, you you just kind of assume that they've shot that you've shot something already. They didn't like it, and so you go down to LA and you reshoot it. That's the assumption. But I got down there uh, that day with uh, a couple pals from Vancouver who were also in it. And about five minutes before I went to set, they 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 said. Keith, do you have your lines? And and I, I said, what lines? I barely said a thing the whole movie. They're like, oh, oh man, you, you, we should get these to you. So I said, well, yeah, you should. Can can you get them to me right away in case I, I have a bunch to learn? They're like, you got a lot to learn. I said, oh, no. So I get this, uh, you know, five minutes before I head to set, and it's just two pages of numbers and scientific terms and stuff that I had to bang off and turn around quickly. Um, and... I get to set, I go through it once, and uh, <laughs> the director said to me, who's a, a, a really cool guy, a really nice guy, he said, uh, my only notes would be uh, faster and louder. And, you know, I, I just got it. I just learned it. And, you know, the camera wasn't on me for about the first 15 to 20 takes, so I had, I had some time to get comfortable with it when it was and the camera turned around on me. Um, you know, I, I had it down by that time, but it was pretty pretty embarrassing stumbling through all those numbers and, and scientific mumbo jumbo, having just been handed it before set. But uh, it, it's a good character builder, and I made it work in the end. And, and I was really happy with how everything went down in that movie. Yeah, it turned out really nice. I got to ask you quickly. I mean, obviously on Elysium, and then of course Godzilla. You got to how much did you get to interact with uh, with Matt Damon? And Brian Cranston, who are two, you know, kind of legendary figures in the movie business. Did you get to interact with those two guys at all? No, I never got to meet uh, Brian Cranston. He was in uh, different days than me. But wow. uh, I, uh, on Elysium, I had every day with, with Matt Damon. And uh, that guy is, um, uh, the, the way I like to put it is, is there's a human being there. You know, you expect these uh, these big Hollywood guys to, to come in and, and uh, not know anybody's name, never look you in the eye. He, he had a handshake at the start and end of every day. He's always cracking jokes. He's a big sports nut. I uh, I, I have um, I'll, I'll tell you I'll tell you kind of a, a a story that that will that will sum up Matt Damon a little bit. I got a couple of them, but I'll I'll choose this one. Um, he is such a sports nut that uh, the uh, Red Sox had gone out in kind of unfortunate uh, circumstances that year, and I heard him tell the <laughs> tell the same story to about a baker's dozen people on set one day. He's just going from person to person. You see the game last night? You see the game last night? This won't go down as one of the biggest upsets in baseball history. This will go down as one of the biggest upsets in sports. In sports. <laughs> and he's telling everybody about it. He's so fired up. You know, like he's the kind of guy who you'll say something and he'll say that's what she said under his breath or something like that. But... Um, <laughs> Uh, there's there's a, there's another cool Matt Damon story there, and and I'll I'll keep this as brief as possible. But uh, it had gotten to him. I, I I still don't know whether he saw it, or um, whether he saw the Don Cherry movie, or whether someone told him about it. But either way, he knows who Don Cherry is, and he found found out that I played Don Cherry. And so we're in rehearsal one day. We're in a big 
green screen room. There's about a hundred crews standing around watching this. I think my character's name was, was Spider or something like that. And, and his line, he's, uh, um, he's supposed to yell some, we're supposed to yell across something like, you're coming with us. And his line back is, uh, no, I'm not. So you guys can, can get out of here or something. So we yell across, you're coming with us. And what Matt Damon yelled back was, I'm not coming so you guys can get out of here and take Don Cherry with you. <laughs> so that's, that, that's the kind of guy he is. You know, he's, he's making sure everybody has fun. And, and he was, uh, he was a, a real cool guy. That was, uh, that was a, a, a great experience working with him and, and, and learning from watching him. Good. He's, he's one of my favorites. I'm glad to hear that, Scott. Yeah, and, and you know what? Things like that, just they keep you so motivated. And, and uh, there's nothing better than having a lot of fun at work. That's for sure. One thing I want to touch on, Jared, is uh, you're pretty close with your dog, Gus. Um, you know, if I'm not mistaken, that dog goes almost everywhere with you. And uh, I've got a four-year-old golden retriever that comes to work with me every day. Uh, so I know what it's like having your dog by your side. Uh, what's it mean to, to have a family member like that? You know, obviously when you've got some off days, just reflecting and, and hanging out with Gus. Well, right in this particular moment, not very good because he's in the back and he's making a bit of a stink back, back there. So uh, there's, there, there's been better times in this, this exact moment. But, uh, yeah, he comes with me everywhere I go. He's been across Canada and back uh, in, in this truck. He's, uh, he's been on, you know, dozens of film sets. Um, you know, I, I put him in Letter Kenny. They let me keep the, the tattoo of him uh, on my arm in, in 19-2. And uh, so he's a part of everything. Uh, uh, he's a part of everything that I do. I'm a big, uh, I'm a big, uh, big, big dog lover. And, and yeah, he's definitely my pride and joy. Million percent, yeah. We all love our dogs. I, yeah. I had I had a Chow, a purebred Chinese Chow, for thirteen years, and and she was the best. Very obedient I, and just a great hunting dog as well. Uh, Andy, I, I have a golden retriever named Argo. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. Argo's fan. Yeah. yeah. Um, now speaking of uh, Toronto franchises, uh, being from Southern Ontario, are you a diehard uh, Leaf fan? No, uh, actually, uh, there's a story behind this. I'm a Flames fan. Yes. Yep. Uh, the very the very first game uh, um, I ever went to, Dad took my brother and I to Maple Leaf Gardens to see them play the Flames. And, uh, you know, being young and impressionable, not really having a team, I think, you know, whatever team won, I was going to be a fan for life. And so uh, we sat in uh, the Flames end and got to watch them warm up. Dad always likes to be there for warm up. He always watches the whole thing. So... Um, you know, seeing Gary Roberts, Dal McInnes, Theo Fleury, you know, Joel Otto, guys like that flying around the ice in, in, in those cool uh, orange, red, and white uh, jerseys is, is really something. And uh, I've, I've been a fan for life uh, ever since I saw the Al McInnes clapper goal from, from the point. And, and I wore number two for the next, uh, I, I wore number two for a long time after that. That's awesome. Nice. Yeah. At Maple Leaf Gardens is where I saw my first NHL game, too. And, um, Jared, your uh, father, Richard, is coaching minor hockey right now. Um, what are some of the, the what's some of the advice that uh, Richard's given to you? Obviously, you've got a lot of respect for your parents. Your, your family is very tight. Um, what was, what was the, the biggest, I guess, advice that your father gave you growing up and in, 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 for you being the person you are today? Well, that's, it's, it's kind of tough to choose uh, because, you know, as, as far as hockey is concerned, um, whenever we needed to learn 
uh, hockey-wise, he learned it so that he could teach it to us. You know, like he'd never played goal in his life. My brother wanted to be a goalie, so my dad learned that position inside out and backwards so he could coach my brother, so we could teach it to my brother. Um, I'd say that the best advice uh, that, that I've ever got from dad, if, if, if I were to pick one thing, and this comes from, you know, my brother and I work in... Um, close to 10 years actually at our at our family sawmill is do it once and do it right um and in the film business uh you often only have one opportunity there's only time to uh, uh to to get one to get one take in there so that's the one i'll i'll take away if i had to choose one right now but there's there's plenty out there and, and there's plenty of kids uh uh, young men hockey players scattered all over Ontario that that took a lot away from uh, from my old man. So, um, yeah, could couldn't really have been in a more fortunate uh, situation there. And he coached an all Ontario team. Uh, uh, my my brother and I never got one, but he coached my uh, my sister's team to an all Ontario in in Wallace. Uh, she was the only one who got one. So, um, yeah, he he covered all the bases. He did everything. And of course, mom. Uh, mom too you know what uh, whatever uh, percentage uh, a dad uh, a dad gives by default you know the mom gives about 200 percent more so uh, can't uh, that can't go uh, unnoticed as well or or uh, I gotta thank her there too absolutely and you're, now you're, you mentioned your sister uh, Abigail there Abby is uh, we say in Listowel uh, she works over at Sick, Ki- Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto so um, you know what a job that she's got uh, on a day to day basis and also uh, she's got her own business uh, that clean life as well mm-hmm. yeah I think uh, you know mom and dad tried to raise the three of us uh, in, in a way that uh, um, you know we'd We'd, we we would want to overachieve, um, and and I think you know, like my brother and sister and I, uh, we we've all got got pretty good hustle. We took a lot from mom and dad that way, but no one's got more jam than Abby does. Abby's got the most jam of anyone. She's always doing something. Uh, uh, she's uh, she's always developing that business, and you know, balancing her job at sick kids at uh, at the same time. She's uh, she's a really impressive human being, and and we're all really proud of her. Yeah, absolutely. Hard work just seems to be part of the Kiso mandate. And Jared, you know, we've got a couple minutes left here with you. And I, I know that you're a diehard Flames fan. And I always love to ask hockey fans this. I mean, through so many great years and, and some of the recent ups and downs that the Flames have had, I mean, a lot of good players have come through there. Obviously, you know, the likes of Lanny McDonald and the Joe Newendikes and, of course, Theo. I mean, you know they really came to prominence in the late 90s, early 2000s, led by guys like Kiprasov, Aginla. There was that great cup final, which still, I still wish that they had a one. I still think that goal in game six was in, by the way. Uh, who are kind of maybe, you know, if, if you could pick, it's a tough question, you know, your top three flames of all time. Uh, my top three flames of all time, I'd go Al McInnes, number one, uh, far and away. Uh, Iggy would be uh, number two, of course. And I think, yeah, I think I think I'd have to put uh, Kiprasov in there for for number three. But I'm excited, uh, really, really excited about the new crop of guys that are in there right now. You yeah, know, to get the goal. They've started to get the goaltending situation straightened out. Um, you know, I don't think that Elliot is going to be the the seventy game a year guy that Kipper was, but I think that they're as deep as any team in in the NHL. They've they've got so much skill up front. They're super deep on the 
points. So um, if they can get some consistent goaltending from Elliott, which you know I, I I hope can happen, then I think we're off to the races. I think you know right there, I think we'll be a playoff team. I, I think, think so. I yeah. think Elliott's coming around. You saw that game in Chicago. I think that game in Chicago was a big difference maker in, in him going in the right direction right now. And how how. Uh, uh, much of a sigh of relief was it to uh, get Johnny Hockey back there, Jared? Yeah. Oh, it was it was tight there, wasn't it? It was. <laughs> yeah, I uh, you know like get getting him uh, getting him inked is is one thing. Getting him going is is another. You know, uh, um, I think with all the line juggling that's that's going on there, he's having trouble finding his stride. But um, you know. Uh, those guys up front with with Monahan and, and Goudreau, and maybe they'll they'll uh, uh, solidify Bennett on that line if if, if we're lucky. And in my opinion, they get producing consistently, and um, you know, put three four on the board every game. That'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. Johnny Hockey's flying out there. Monahan's a great player, and you know, Sam Bennett. He's he's got Dougie Gilmore's blessings. So yeah, he's great. Uh, Andy, what do you well, have left here? Well, I was just gonna chime in with. Uh who knew Giordano was going to be so great? Like, I watched him oh, a lot yeah. in junior up here for the Owen Sound Attack. Liked him a lot. Had no idea he's going to be such a stellar uh, NHL defenseman. And I was just hearing on the, the game the other night, I was watching the Flames, and they said he's one of the last in the NHL that signed. His, his first contract was a three-way contract. Yeah. Uh, East Coast, AHL, NHL, because they didn't even have enough confidence that he's going to be an AHLer, let alone a frontline NHLer. So... Good on Giordano for how he's done in his career. Yeah, he had to go to Russia and then mm-hmm. come back. He's been fantastic, and he's a great leader for the Flames. Uh, Jared, we can't thank you enough for taking time out of your really busy schedule. We know you're swamped with all kinds of work. Hope you're enjoying your week off here with Gus. And uh, thanks so much for taking time to join us here. Uh, make sure you keep digging into those all-dressed chips and uh, <laughs> stay away from the boots and ginger, eh? <laughs> Will do, and uh, and thanks for having me on, fellas. This was fun. Absolutely, really appreciate it, Jared. Thank you. Thanks, Jared. Take care. You too. So there's Jared Kiso, the creator of Letter Kenny, and you know, guys, uh, we've been really fortunate here to have a lot of really cool guests on the show. I mean, you know, you look back to last year. You know, first hooking up with Patrick O'Sullivan, he's been very gracious with us as well. Uh, You know, uh, Ron Ellis. I mean, the list goes on and on. Keith Primo. Keith Primo. Jonathan Jackson last year, the Slapshot episode we had. But, man, I got to tell you, you know, having Jared Kiso on here is a huge thrill for me. Uh, I really look up to that guy, you know, the career he's carved out for himself. And, I mean, Letter Kenny is bar none my favorite TV show out there right now. I mean, the first season, you know, just that little six-episode collection of just pure hilarity is is incredible and and to have it come from you know a guy that grew up 20 minutes away from me it's like you know it, it kind of makes me think you know maybe i can achieve my dream someday and and jared kiso i mean you know class a gentleman it's true and uh you know the one thing that he says in a lot of interviews <clears throat> is it when you come from a small town you've got to take that uh step outside your comfort zone and that's yeah. exactly what he did going to the university of waterloo and then uh leaving there to go to toronto or vancouver yeah um, you, you really do have to take a step out of your comfort zone and um i think that we can learn from jared that way and um you just have to follow your dreams yeah absolutely Uh, a very talented guy uh check out letter kenny i believe the second season's coming out in the spring on crave tv or at least the first part of it so check it out Uh, it's great check out 19.2 it's fantastic believe it's on cbc 
Yeah. It airs on That's CBC. A, I love that show. It it's is so good. It is awesome. You, you can really get into it. Uh, know that you, get, you PVR it. and uh, Yeah, you can it, waste an afternoon, like your day off. You can just blow through a whole season. It's pretty easy to binge watch or binge watch 19-2 for an afternoon. That's for sure. It absolutely is. We got roughly 10 minutes left. We'll take our last commercial break here on Hockey Talk. When we come back... Hey, it looks like the Leafs goaltending situation is starting to solve itself a little bit here. We'll talk about that and the big matchup that kind of wasn't from last night, uh, the first edition of Matthews versus McDavid and more here on Hockey Talk. Stay tuned. If you or a loved one have a mental or physical disability, Saugeen Mobility and Regional Transit is here to help you. They provide special needs transportation non-emergency medical and social with local and long-distance services. With a modern fleet of vehicles, their experienced staff genuinely cares about their passengers. For more information, go to SoggyMobility.ca. Sogging Mobility, local and personal, in Gray and Bruce since 1977. Tired of hard water wreaking havoc around your home? Dry skin and lifeless hair? Dull and dingy laundry? Soap scum and spotted glasses too? Hey, Colligan Man! A Colligan water softener turns hard water soft every time. Soft water is the answer. Not cleaning products or detergents. Colligan saves you up to 50% on soaps and detergents while turning your laundry, bathroom, and kitchen brilliant like me. BWR 91.3, the place to be. Well, folks, welcome back to the end of this week's episode here on Hockey Talk. Ryan Drury in the studio with Scott Bridge and Andy Clark rocking the Canada tie. I love that. Remember, guys, poppies, grab them. Uh, November has started. Of course, November 11th, uh, Remembrance Day. Uh, November's a time to remember. Make sure you grab a poppy and, and show your gratitude for everything that uh, the veterans did for us in those two world wars and, and everything that uh, the current soldiers are doing for us now around the world. Uh, show them your support. They're the best. Uh, that was an unbelievable interview with Jared Kiso. I mean, Listowel native, uh, you know, and he's, he's carved out such a great career for himself, guys. I mean, that was such a tremendous thrill for me to have him on. I've been a big fan of his ever since, you know, first seeing the Don Cherry stuff, and I've followed him ever since. And, I mean, uh, that was just a great interview from him, eh? And Jared's brother, Alan, um, who resides in Ottawa right now. Yes. Part of the Armed Forces. Yes. So, so a good tie in there, absolutely. And his sister, obviously, of course, doing incredible work at Sick Kids and with her own business, uh, My Clean Life. Uh, obviously, you know, if you've noticed, you've been watching the show here on East Link. We've, we've got the ruffles all dressed here that Mr. Clark thought so brilliantly to bring in. It's a good theme for our Letter Kenny episode. Uh, the all dressed there. I mean, you know, I don't mean to kind of plug them here, but like they're all dressed is the best chip of all time. I mean, I laughed so hard the first, I mean, Letter Kenny starting with those little short videos when they were yeah. mentioning, you know, digging into the all dressed. Dad, better not have eaten all those all dressed chips. <laughs> I mean, I lost it. And like, that's right. All dressed is the stuff, man. It, it's the best. Uh, we got a couple minutes here. We'll dig into some recent NHL news. Obviously, last night, this being a Wednesday, last night, the first edition of Matthews versus McDavid. A little bit of a, you know, a downer. You know, McDavid. David was okay. I believe he had an assist on their second goal, I, I think. But Matthews was pretty quiet. The two of them, you know, it wasn't, you know, the back and forth heavyweight boxing matchup type thing that we were expecting. But, hey, the Leafs grab a, a great uh, a great two points. Kadri had 
easily his best game of the season, and he outmuscles McDavid on that OT winner. But hey, Freddie Anderson in their last two games, Freddie Anderson's been pretty darn good, Scott. I feel like we had to clear the air with this last week, guys. The way we, how we went on the the Freddie Anderson, uh, we we jumped on the bandwagon there and said this will turn around. And I mean, you look at his last three games and two goals against in every game is, is starting to turn around in the right direction. And uh, you know he's got the talent there. We went through this last week, so I'll keep it short yeah. and simple. But last night, Nazem Kadri played a great game against Connor McDavid, keeping him uh, really his paws all over him all night long. And it, he was I, annoying. I think that uh, Mike Babcock wanted to get Nazem Kadri going in the right direction, and he is the one player that can stick all over your team's best player if he's a center and really causes some havoc because other teams, guys, have tried to do this with Connor McDavid, but the guys that they've stuck them on don't have the speed to keep up to Connor, and Nazem Kadri just proved how much speed he actually has in taking out Connor McDavid, frustrated the rest of the team. You saw Milan Lucic losing it last night. Leon yeah. Dreisaitl as well, losing it on Kadri. He got a, a burst of energy and uh, he scored the game-winning goal in overtime and just blowing, well, not blowing past McDavid, but getting that step around McDavid. Pushed just, him off. Just goes to show you yeah. uh, the elite uh, skill that Nazem Kadri has that not everybody gives him the recognition for. Yeah, you're right. And, and you know, I have to be honest, I haven't watched full games, but I've watched a period here and there the last few weeks, and in my opinion, Kadri's been playing really, really well away from the puck, and right Much now... better. Yeah, yeah, and there's a lot of talk about Ryan Nugent Hopkins using his speed and being such a good yeah. defensive guy He's and then chipping in that offense, but Kadri's been doing it, but doing it quietly. Yeah. Which, yeah. Which I think, you know, is... Hard right to do in Toronto. Alley. Yeah. And yeah, it is hard to do in Toronto with the media there. He had a heck of a game last night. Boys, I guess in closing here, a couple minutes left. Uh, you know, it just came to my mind. Obviously, October is the Hockey Fights Cancer Month. We got to talk a little bit about Craig Anderson and the incredible story. His wife, Nicole, uh, diagnosed with cancer. He took a leave of absence. He was gone for about a week and a half. And, and she was the one who said, your team needs you right now. Go back. His first game back in Edmonton, he pitches a 37-save shutout. And uh, just thumbs up to the Edmonton fans. A packed house there. They gave him a standing O at the end of the game. You know, your, your team lost, and you're given a standing O to a tremendous human being who's going through, I mean, just the toughest circumstances you can imagine. Uh, he was overcome with emotion. And, and a big thumbs up to Cam Talbot for yep. sticking around uh, to watch him be named first star. Uh, you know, that was, that was awful emotional to watch. It, it hit me right here, guys. I mean, Craig Anderson. It, it goes to show you that... Uh, Human beings and, and life is bigger than the game of hockey. As yep. much joy as hockey brings us, guys, uh, it's your family and your loved ones that mean the most to you. And uh, you know what, Talbot, uh, he kind of got a, a little piece of that as he, uh, his wife gave birth to twin babies uh, a couple weekends ago. Yes. And then with everything going on with that, you could tell that he was emotional. Sticking around for Craig Anderson was awesome to see. And I mean, uh, Nicole, we, we do, we've got to wish her the best of luck here. I hope that she can overcome it and become cancer free. Million percent. We know that she's going to be fighting so, so hard. And I mean, Craig and her just have a phenomenal marriage. And you can definitely tell that it's, uh, it was one game that he wanted to, to put a stamp on it, that he wanted to win that one for her. And he sure did. Andy, and, your and, thoughts? And, and well, to piggyback off of that, sometimes I've heard people voice the, you know, should you be contributing to, you know, cancer fundraisers and stuff like that? But hockey's provided some great examples because Mario Lemieux with uh, the Hodgkin's, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, 
if you go back several decades, they used to have something close to like a 90% mortality rate. Yes. But now if they catch it in the first few stages, it has a 90% uh, survival rate. And that's all because of that research and, mm-hmm. and all the, you know, contributions that people do make. Yep. So, Saku yeah. Koivu, something similar. Absolutely. I, mean, I remember yeah. when he Stomach came back. Cancer, yeah. Yep. Um, so, yeah, these things that people do, they fundraise for, the contributions people make, they totally make a huge difference in people's lives. They absolutely do. Well said, gentlemen. I couldn't have put it better myself. That's just about it for us here on Hockey Talk, our third week. Uh, it's been a tremendous start to our second season here. Uh, again, we thank Jared Kiso and, uh, and Ruffles All Dressed, of course, as well. We're going to dig into those right after the show. It'd make the Letterkenny boys proud. Uh, and... Scott, who is our next guest? Or Andy, I believe you've lined this gentleman up, if I'm not mistaken. Is, uh, is it David Amber next week? I do believe it's, it I is. booked it no. away ahead of time. Actually, David Amber coming up on the 16th, 16th. of Hockey yeah. Night in Canada. It's Chris Nyland. Next week. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Nyland, Montreal Canadiens alumnus. And uh, Chris Knuckles Nyland, I mean, man, he won that cup with Montreal in 86 when Patrick Waugh came on the scene. He was tremendous. <laughs> Still an insanely popular figure in Montreal. He's doing great analyst work now on the radio. We're very excited to talk to him. That's it for the show this week. Uh, thanks for listening on 91.3 FM Blue Water radio and of course watching on Eastling TV we really appreciate it and uh, Nicole Anderson thumbs up to you we're rooting for you you can beat this thing uh, Craig congrats on the shutout uh, we wish you the best luck going forward and uh, we're thinking about the Anderson family thanks guys